definitely human. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 18. It's summer and I'm at my Uncle Patrick's house. The quality of fruit and veg from his garden is unbelievable and it's all apparently due to the quality of the compost that they've been using for many years. I'm here in the garden with Patrick, my mum and his wife, Diana. The house dates back to, it's been in our family for over 100 years. Um, My grandma grew up here. And the veg garden is just unbelievable. It is absolutely huge um, and it is definite goals. I wanted to find out from him about the sort of secrets of composting because everything has been composted over the last 100 years and put back into the soil. They've got all kinds of different fruit trees, veg trees. They even enter championships for carrots and sweet pea flowers. The trick is you have to get four flowers on a plant. It can't be three, which is apparently the standard. And... They have a little hedgehog living in their garden. Oh my God, it's so sweet. It's asleep at the moment. Oh, it's just curled up in the bushes. He likes to come out at night and eat all the slugs and snails, which no doubt plague my garden at least. So cute. The house is to my left and I'm stood in this walled garden. It's got this beautiful old wall running along the left-hand side that's trellised with these big pink roses. And then in front of me are just like five metres by 10 metres of uh, bamboo canes that have all the sweet peas and the sugar snap peas trellised up. I've got a bed of potatoes in front of me. Everything is so neat. The trick is, I think, to go through and thin after you've sowed your seeds, which I definitely haven't done. um, And it's all looking a little bit messy on my front. (laughs) We're surrounded by huge old trees that are just swaying in the wind with uh, the crows sort of staring down at me. There's rows to my right of loganberry bushes, red currant bushes. There's a fig tree, which apparently enjoys being treated mean to keep it keen because the soil is so fertile and amazing that actually it just grows and doesn't produce any fruit whatsoever what tips do you have for me in growing my own veg what's the most important thing going out and having a drink last thing at night (laughs) and picking up the slugs and snails which will eat the damn lot if you don't do something about it well perhaps i need a hedgehog what a good idea then you must not use any slug pellets because if you have dead slugs and snails around, um, you ain't going to have no hedgehogs. 
If the cars don't get them, the slug pills will. I don't expect the hedgehog could make it down our steps into the veg garden anyway. Oh, you'd be surprised. They, yeah? they wander yeah. half a mile. Yeah, they go a long, uh, they go a long way, hedgehogs. We, we have been decimated by slugs and snails. I'm sort of at my wit's end with what to do. I've been getting the ash from the fireplace yes. and making a little maze. When the light goes and uh, she's bored with English television, <laughs> she'll go out at night, start watering plants and picking up snails. Oh. Being a devout Buddhist and not wanting to kill them, she places them in the road and let them t- take their chances. <laughs> So you've got water, what are they called? Water containers, water bowsers everywhere. Do you favour rainwater over, why don't you have sprinklers somewhere or do you think rainwater is king? This is a green garden. Minimum chemicals, no tap water used anywhere at all. It's natural food with natural water and naturally recycled. If it's natural, does that mean you you don't need to use sort of like fertiliser on the plants? The tomato plants in the greenhouse have to be fed. Because there isn't enough energy in the pots of compost in which they're grown. But the rest of the garden hasn't seen any purchased fertiliser for at least 30 years. It's all about the compost then? It's all about the compost. Oh, so that's your leaf mould. So the leaf mould goes, all the leaves go down there from all the trees. So you don't mix some leaves in with that then? I thought leaves were great for compost. They are great for compost, but they have no fertility. They have no nitrogen, phosphate and potash, or very little anyway. Okay. And so they're very good for conditioning a soil, but totally useless for growing seeds and plants. Oh, there you go. That's what I'm here for, to learn. <laughs> so when they were doing the vegetable garden then, it's been run by employed gardeners who knew exactly what they were doing back in the day. They'd been mulching and composting. and this For is 300 years. Nothing's years. been thrown away because there wasn't a rubbish collection system, so no, you had wow. to dispose of it or That's use it. That's why it's so gorgeous. I mean, you look at that soil there. You where can lie down in it. It's it's so there's not a stone. Yeah, there's nothing. Very fine, a fine tilth. So all the food from the house you compost back in. You don't have like a food collection with the council or anything. We never used the food bin oh, really? for for any collections. Yeah. There is absolutely nothing which mm. is thrown. You can make very good soil conditioning material mm-hmm. compost from leaves, but they don't have the nutrients in that the garden compost and the household waste does. And they certainly don't have the variety of trace elements and minerals. So, wonderful soil conditioning. Don't use it to grow your plants and seeds. Use it to condition your soil that you're going to grow things in. The secret of it is having it big enough. Right. Yes. If it's too small, it doesn't decompose. <laughs> so we had potatoes from supper last night. Ooh, potatoes. Charlotte's. Charlotte's, they're my fave. That's one. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Very sweet. I make a tasty potato. Very- <laughs> <laughs> You've got a nice name. <laughs> It is a beautiful day in the garden today. It's quite windy, so I'm sheltering in the tomato greenhouse. I thought I would talk a little bit about tomatoes specifically because it's been such a huge learning curve for me. I mean, the entire veg garden has been a learning curve. I have not done any of this before, so there's so much to learn all the time, especially with tomatoes. I originally 
started off with I think nine plants now I have seven I lost one to white fly maybe two actually one withered I think which was a gardener's delight which is kind of funny because gardener's delight is like the most basic cherry tomato that you'll find but that didn't survive I also got a marmond which is a like big beef kind of tomato um, beef steak tomato that didn't survive which is a shame because I really wanted to have a nice um, sort of ratio of kind of like medium big small tomatoes but yeah that didn't work out so I I have got I've still kept the labels so I know what everything's called I've got a couple of crimson cherries which are red cherry tomatoes I've got a couple of honeycomb which are orange cherry tomatoes and then I've got a couple of exciting ones I've got a sun gold which is a kind of bigger orange tomato and then my favorites I've got a shimmer which is it's just growing now ready for the first plucking it's absolutely beautiful it's like a cherry tomato but in a plum shape and it is red with green kind of tiger stripes going down it it's so so pretty and then the other one which I'm really excited about is my black opal which is going to be like a black tomato which is basically like a very dark purple tomato it's got so many tomatoes on its branches the bottom one which is this tiny thin branch has about 20 tomatoes hanging off of it and I'm really worried that it's going to snap like just as it comes time for them to start ripening it's going to snap off or something which would be devastating Um, I've got some quite big green tomatoes coming in the corner it says crimson crush but I thought that was more of a cherry but yeah they're getting to be quite big I probably haven't been as on it with the pruning as I needed to be with all the like medium branches and things that come out but I will learn for next year so we did have I'm, I was really sad last week to actually have to pull out one of the tomato plants fully grown and hoof it into the garden it had got blight which <laughs> sounds awful sounds like some kind of Tudoresque disease but yeah basically I think it's because early on in the season before it even had any flowers on it got really hot in the greenhouse it was probably a really hot day really humid and I didn't open the door and let some fresh air in and the fungus just sort of set in now mum told me that they can all catch it and it's really bad for tomatoes so I was like okay rip it out I'm going to take it out right now because I do not want to risk losing my seven other plants that are growing so well and just starting to have all these green jewels on them ready to be ripened by the sun I panicked because of the blight and I immediately opened the doors of the greenhouse and went off for the day which was a disaster I came back and I said oh my god they've all got blight they've all got it that's it but it's not it's because they got cold in the day so even now it's been like a few days later and all the leaves are still curled inwards and looking quite angry at me leaving them in the cold all day because obviously tomatoes like it to be very warm so I'm sorry about that guys I also learned basically I'd been watering them every day with probably a couple of giant cans of rainwater in my watering cans um, from my watering butts and that wasn't enough. I was getting tomatoes that were ready for picking, but they were very small and they'd split, which mum told me was because they didn't have enough water at that crucial growing stage. So I remember when dad was doing his tomatoes, tomatoes were like his thing. He absolutely loved tomatoes. One of the key memories I have of dad in the greenhouse was the amount of water that he would water his tomatoes with. He would give them like a whole bucket each and I would always be astounded with how much water he was giving them. So I guess I need to remember that and not be stingy when it comes to the water because tomatoes are mostly water anyway so they need a lot in order to grow 
I lost one of the plants to white fly, which I didn't catch in time. You can um, mix dish soap and water in a spray bottle and basically spray the plant. Um, it's not going to damage the tomato plant, but it is going to kill the white fly. Uh, so I did have one of the plants get that. Although I'm really happy to look in the greenhouse now and I see two ladybugs in two different places. So I'm really happy that they can be eating any aphids. I've had a few aphids in the other greenhouse kind of setting in. And from the uh, hashtag farm life the other day, you guys know how much of a problem it's been for me and pests I have been inundated with like the plague of all the pests that there are in the garden just me learning what they're all about so in this greenhouse we actually have a lot of chucky pigs that tend to eat anything new so I've lost a couple of cucumber plants to the uh, chucky pigs and so I have got new ones that I've germinated that are currently sat on boxes above ground because I'm still a little bit nervous to plant them out. I also have basil plants in here because they're great at deterring pests. Uh, they don't like the smell. Um, pests that love tomatoes don't like the smell of basil, which is so funny because basil and tomato go so well together, right? So I've got one basil plant underneath each tomato plant. Something else that I've brought with me is I've brought a tiny little artist's brush, paintbrush, because you can pollinate the flowers yourself. So I'm a little bit worried, you know, there are loads of flowers on these plants, but what if the bee doesn't find its way in here? It hasn't been super warm this week, so I haven't been leaving the door open. We do have a tiny window, which mum says the bees surely can find their way in from there, but I'm not quite sure I trust it. So the thing that separates fruits from legumes is the fact that the flower turns into the fruit. So with the tomato plant, each flower on each stem is going to turn into the actual fruit, which I never really realized before. So what you can do is you can get your little brush and you can tickle inside the stamen. They have male and female parts, which is quite easy to do. I'm just going to like tickle it now and hopefully I'm doing the right thing. I don't know. I saw it on a TikTok video. I'm not going to lie. Just kind of tickle each one and hopefully that should encourage my fruit to come. So there are green tomatoes coming everywhere. I'm super excited to harvest my first bunch of tomatoes. I'll definitely post pictures for you guys. I want to have like different colors and different sizes and a whole array. There is no better taste than tomatoes that you've grown yourself. I remember dad's tomatoes were just chef's kiss delicious. Um, currently, I just went out earlier and was like screaming at the top of my lungs because the blackbirds have found their way into the strawberries, even though I've got mesh and they found their way into the tabries. So I'm going to have a big harvesting session. I'm going to get the tomatoes and everything else and yeah, whatever's available. Oh my God. And I totally forgot to mention, I have my first ever cucumber. I lifted up a leaf yesterday and there she is. She's so beautiful. Oh my God. This makes me so excited. I know I sound absolutely insane. I've also got a couple of chilli plants in here. One that was rescued from the tired plant section, which is a jalapeno, which is still looking a bit tired and sad, to be honest. The leaves are a bit yellow with black spots, so I'm not sure if she's going to survive. But yeah, anyway, that is all about me and my tomato plants. And yeah, I'll keep you guys posted. So from my small harvest to a very big harvest, I'm currently in the far end sheds. There's a lot of people here and we're here to sell our straw. Now I'm a big farmer, important person, partner on the farm. I have to be here too. This is my first ever straw sale. And basically it's an auction where people bid on the straw after we've taken the grain off the fields. It's harvest time soon and it's a very exciting time on the farm with a lot of stuff happening. So fingers crossed we get a good price for it. It could go either way, but I've got a pretty good feeling about this one. I'm here as the lucky charm. Right then, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to gather around, we'll kick on. Normal rules. Nice to see everyone. Another year goes by. Crops are all looking well. What a Nigel. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Okay, lot number one then. It's all with the barley for the first eight and a half lots. 
seven and a half acres of first field, Rathlin field, you know where we're starting. Uh, put me in there, we're going to be 130, 130, 120, 100 pound to get going then, 100 pound, we know we're going to get there, 100 pound in, 2, Mind you, the crop this year is superb. Is it? Last year we had that ghastly weather and the straw was very short. This year the weather has been perfect and the straw is really high. It's above your knees, so they'll get really good value for money this year. So we've just wrapped up the straw sale and it was so amazing to watch. It really reminded me of being a kid at the cattle market with my dad and, you know, seeing the auctioneer rounding off um, numbers that you couldn't even understand. Um, It was really, really fun. And seeing how people actually bid, you know, literally just looking at the auctioneer and then, you know, looking down if they didn't want to bid or, you know, the slightest wave of a pen or paper. It was really, really cool. It was very understated. This is the first ever straw sale where it's actually been raining. I don't know if you can hear the rain on the tin roof i'm sort of hiding in the barn at the moment we grow barley and winter wheat um, is what we're selling this season um, right now so we grow that and we harvest the barley grain and the wheat grain for ourselves but the straw which is the strands that grow from the ground up to the wheat is used for animal bedding so barley uh, straw is better than wheat straw because it's more absorbent so it's particularly good for animal bedding yeah so the barley prices were better than the winter wheat but still really really good uh, for the season i think all of the farmers like cattle farmers and stuff are sort of panicking because at the moment the price for straw is so phenomenal uh, you can't even buy it and if you buy it immediately off the lorry it's sort of averaging 160 165 or something it's quite a lot of money so you want to be able to buy it at auction so you know that you're getting it in a couple of weeks and you're actually getting it a lot cheaper uh, the auctioneer you know he would try and start the bidding at like 100 and people wouldn't answer and he'd be like okay if you're going to make me do this I'll go down to 80 and then of course it would always bid way above 100 in the end so that was fun to watch it was great getting to meet all the characters that came along you know there's some proper sort of like Devonshire old boys been farmers all their life never left Devon you know I went to London once and I never went back and you know things like that um so yeah it was really nice it was nice to be introduced to everybody um introduced to some of the farmers that rent our fields for their sheep and then they're buying hay and things um for the sheep So we've still got uh, two, maybe three weeks left for the grain to swell a little bit more in the fields. Um, It's still looking a little bit green and we want it to look a beautiful yellow straw (laughs) colour. Um, So we've got about two or three weeks and then the combine comes in and cuts the grain, does the harvest, and then we will notify each person that won the auction and bought the straw that they can then go in and pick up the straw. So the straw is left in the field and they come in and they bale it and do with it what they want. Some people want it for animal straw for like bedding. Um, Another person I think was like a merchant that actually buys it and he bales it up himself in smaller bales for horses Anyway, yeah, I think it's all animal bedding. Mum can tell me if I am incorrect. 
Oh, but yeah, I'm just kind of cowering inside the farm sheds at the moment, but it's super beautiful. Sometimes I just feel like I'm in a Ghibli movie or something. I'm sort of looking out across the fields and the barley is really yellow beyond and sort of swaying in the wind and it's raining and there are these giant cow parsley weeds that are just sort of dripping droplets of rain and swaying back and forth. And yeah, it's just super, super pretty. I let my mum and Nigel go off. I was like, I'll lock up. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just sort of wrapping up here and um yeah I mean you can hear I'm sort of very excited about being a part of this for the first time and it was really really fun so now we wait until um the harvest time which will be the next major thing on the farm it's I don't know I feel like I've been walking past these fields every single day on the way to work and slowly watching them turn from green to yellow and now they're all going to be cut down and I sort of feel a bit like bittersweet because I've just been loving seeing it but then you know the next excitement is the combine harvester coming in and then actually seeing everything be harvested so yeah really excited about that Ah, to think my life used to revolve around fashion season. Now it's all about nature seasons. I cannot wait to experience my first harvest on the farm. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you them, and thank you you for listening. And if you're supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our after show series, Hashtag Farm Life. This week, we'll be talking about the North Devon farmer. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.